want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. As we look at this particular Mother's Day, it's going to be different, uh, different than many of the ones that you've experienced over the years. I think of the Mother's Days that, mother, that uh, Marty and I have celebrated together, going back uh, uh, after 30 years of Mother's Day, of her uh, as a mom. Uh, we were at that point of being empty nesters. And it was interesting in that one of her friends thought that that not, should not be so. And so she gifted us a box of chicks, little chicks with no hen. And we therefore became the parents, if you would, of this box of chicks. Now, I thought that they would take care of themselves and such, but what I realized was that they required a lot of attention. They needed attention on making sure they had water and and something to eat. Uh, they also needed to uh, have their bottoms cleaned because if they didn't, they wouldn't survive. And I didn't know all these things when I was delivered this box of chicks. It's interesting, too, as we considered all the things that we had to do to help them have a place to perch, a little box for them to learn how to lay their eggs, and to ensure that they had good, safe places to be. It was a lot like parenting all over again in our empty nester stage. As we consider this day of Mother's Day, my mind went to a passage of scripture where the Apostle Paul referred to his role as a mom. His role as a mom to the people of Thessalonica when he was involved with discipling them. They say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so when the Apostle Paul talks about how that he ministered to the people there at Thessalonica like a mom taking care of her child, that was a great way to honor the role of a mom. And today, what we would like to do is to talk about how that the whole discipleship process has some of the same elements of a mom who wants to have an investment in her children. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we have today. Lord, we so look forward to when we will have this uh, auditorium uh, filled with our friends and being able to uh, just share and, and be encouraged by their smiles. Father, we, we look forward to working together and reaching this community for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, it's our desire to invest in the lives of individuals so that they will understand the truth of the gospel and to grow so that they will be able to be like your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. As we look at our text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 through 12, uh, here we know that uh, Paul has already shared in other places of the importance of investing in others. Uh, in 2 Timothy 2.22, he says this, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. To Titus, he said these things, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, 
in love and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. When you consider what Paul's emphasis was on the importance of being a disciple and making a disciple, you better understand these words that he says in here uh, of, of 1 Thessalonians. He's going to talk about moms and the different, uh, and I think, the different hats that they wear. He's going to talk specifically about the hat of that mom of a newborn. But what I discovered quickly as a husband to a mom is that there are a lot of hats that a mom would wear. And sometimes it's that nurturing hat that we'll talk about in just a moment. And sometimes it's that uh, never knew that uh, this, this quiet woman could have that mom voice or the mom stare that could have such impact. Honestly, when I'm in a situation with children and I don't know who they are, I'm looking for a mom because they're going to get it in order. But in this case, Paul is emphasizing the nurturing aspect of a mom's role. He says to the Thessalonians, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. He specifically talks about that stage in the life of a child where they are ultimately vulnerable and where they are needy of that nurturing of their mom. And as we look at this, we will see some particular applications in regard to the whole disciple-making process. Because there is a nurturing involved in disciple-making. Discipleship is, in a sense, providing growth material. Just as that mother who is providing nutrients to her baby, we as disciple-makers are providing nutrients in an environment that allows them to grow. This is depending upon trust, uh, also the importance of nourishment, being able to take this word and make it to where it is helpful to the person that we are discipling. The word gentleness comes to mind as you think of that uh, mother with that baby and also the patience and the importance of assistance. I never realized until we had our children that sometimes the, uh, the child just doesn't naturally know how to nurse. And so there is a need to, to take time and to help. And sometimes uh, a mom has someone come alongside her to help her in that process of providing nutrition for her baby. Because even though it's a natural thing, there are times in which patience and a process of care is important. Paul goes on to say this as well. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Not only is there a nurturing aspect, there is a bonding aspect. 
There's a bonding aspect in parenting. There's a bonding aspect in disciple-making, that as we work with individuals, we want to have a relationship with them. It's not like the disciple-maker is the professional, and they say, don't try this at home. This is something that Paul had stated that you need to reproduce. You share the word with someone who's going to share the word with someone. You're going to train someone so they can train someone else. But the idea is we want this to be reproducible, and part of helping that be reproducible is the bonding relationship. That trust that we talked about earlier, that is incredibly important to know that you are valued to the person who's investing in your life. The parent of a little baby is the most important person in their life when they're at that stage. Uh, You could be holding a baby and if At that time, they decide they need mom, they need mom. And I have learned as a grandparent that this is a good time to not be a grandparent, but to pass on to mom. And we trust that in the disciple-making process, though our goal is to encourage people to be uh, to have a good, wide uh, experience of relationships, that there may be someone that is important to helping them in that nurturing time so that they are bonding with them, letting them know that their relationship with Jesus also includes having a relationship with a brother or sister in Christ. And so Paul is emphasizing here that uh, he, first of all, had a genuine interest in them. He valued them. He said that they were dear to us, that these are individuals that they cared about, that they weren't just people that were a part of his program or a part of the process. These were individuals that he cared deeply for, and he shared himself. When we share, there's a lot of times we're sharing our resources. That'd be like our time, our energy, sometimes our finances. But I see the Apostle Paul uh, being willing to share not only his resources, but also his heart. Uh, Later on in this passage, he says this of the people of Thessalonica. says, you are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. Paul is saying, you have seen me in my life with you. We have our reputation, but we also have our character as we work with others. And Paul is saying, you are aware of that. He said that to Timothy. He says, you have known my manner of life, my difficulties, etc. Now, my thoughts are that didn't start when Timothy became a part of a apprenticeship program. I think it started from the beginning where Paul was willing to share with those that he was investing in. Uh, he not only did that of sharing with them, he was, he was insistent upon removing obstacles from what would possibly be in the way of them growing to be like Christ. In this particular situation, there was a financial need in that city. It was one of the larger cities, and and a lot of trade took place in, in that area, but they also, as a church, didn't have the means that maybe some other areas have. Let's look at what he says here in verse 9. He says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden 
to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Paul is, is encouraging them that they were of value to him. They were dear to him, but yet they were so valuable to him, he was willing to sacrifice and to avoid putting a burden on them so that they could focus on their growth to be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, the book of Philippians sheds a little bit of light on this. Uh, if uh, we could look at chapter 4 of Philippians. Paul says this. He says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Paul was giving some light on the situation in Thessalonica that it wasn't a point where Paul said, my labor is not worthy to be invested in. It wasn't that he was saying to the people of Thessalonica that, that what I've done for you isn't important to be, to, to be funded. What he's saying is in their particular case, it was important that he not put that burden on them because the important thing was for them to grow. But it was not a difficulty for Paul to talk to his friends in, in Philippi and to partner with them so that they would be a part of the investment that's going on there. He goes to say this at the right at the end of that portion. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul knew that uh, the people of Philippi would receive credit for investing in him, which was investing in Thessalonica, which was investing in the gospel. And Paul had no trouble with recognizing that as being a potential stumbling block or a roadblock for the people of Thessalonica. So he was willing to work night and day, supporting himself to ensure that he could share the gospel with them. Paul emphasized that there were times in which his disciple-making would take a turn from one place to another, where he wouldn't be the same way in each situation because he knew that the individuals had different needs and he wanted to make sure he addressed them. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he states this, For though I am free from all, I have made myself servant to all, that I might win more of them. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Paul had a motivation to be there for people to be able to share the gospel with people. And he recognized at times that may have required him to adjust some things in his life. Any new mother knows that there's adjustments involved when a new baby comes into the house. Sometimes they're small, sometimes they're huge. But they do this because they love that little one. And they're willing to invest in that little one. And their anticipation is that little one will eventually move out of that stage of life and be able to invest more into the, the value and the function of the family. And that's what Paul saw 
in regard to discipleship. He knew that as people grew, and as they grew to the point where they started to invest in the work of the ministry, that God would add fruit to their accounts as well, as he stated there in Philippians. Paul also was involved with exhorting the people. There was that time when you nurture and when you make the understanding of the scriptures uh, easy for them so they can grasp it, so they will start to grow. But there's a time when there's that encouragement that there is a result that is expected. He says, for you know how like a father, now he transitions a little bit to a, a different part of the parenting role. Not to mean that mothers don't do this, but he's, I believe, emphasizing what he talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, where the fathers have that role of, of uh, uh, heading up the nurturing and admonition uh, for, of the children. And he calls them to not provoke their children to wrath. So in this context, he says, For you know how, how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in the manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul not only wanted to establish a relationship, that the people he was discipling were important to him and that they were cherished and that they were worth investing in. He wanted them to know that there was something bigger for them waiting in the process of their development. I think that's true of any parent. When a parent starts out, uh, they, they may or may not be thinking 18 years down the road, but they at some point are thinking, we are looking forward to launching this child to be able to accomplish those things that God has designed them to do. And it's our responsibility to, to lay a framework, to give them the tools that they might be able to have a good walk in life. Paul is saying it this way. He says, I have exhorted you. Uh, the, the concept there is that uh, pushing to pursue a course as our children were going through uh, different stages of their education, we felt that there was a lot of this exhorting to be motivated, to step it up, to consider how that this investment now of time and energy would help down the road. And that's true of discipleship as well. That there are times when we are helping those who are taking the word of God and attempting to become more like Jesus Christ to see that it's not just for themselves, that it's not just so that they can catch up with other people in their knowledge of the Bible, but so that they will be equipped to do those things which are an investment in the lives of others. Paul wants them to be worthy of the walk for God. He uses the word encourage. That's that, that word comfort. The coming alongside and helping them see that there are things that they can accomplish. Might be some encouraging words. It might be a way of helping out. But the, the importance is, is showing that comfort. 
And he also says the word, we charged you. That's the word testify, being uh, available to, to share that uh, a, a judgment of what you need to be. And so I'm charging you. I'm testifying that, that you can do this. You can have this walk of, uh, that is worthy of what God has called us to do. Paul emphasizes later on in the passage to where we are encouraged to to walk a certain way and how we should challenge individuals. And as we we look at that, 1 Thessalonians, I want to draw your attention to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. I want to turn your attention to First Thessalonians. I want to turn your attention to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse fourteen, and it says this: "And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all." Paul realized that there are different ways in which we deal with people. We might be there to admonish them, to, to ensure that they're pushed a little bit, or there will be those that are faint-hearted and they need us to comfort or to come alongside them and encourage them. And then he says also there are times that we might have to help those that are weak and unable to do some things. This is where it is not wrong for us to to step in and be a part of that which someone has been given as a burden to bear as we are to come alongside them and help them bear that burden. Paul is simply exhorting us in this process of making disciples that it may be a different way in which we are helping someone, whether we're pushing them on coming alongside them or even standing in to help them get done what they need to be doing in their walk. The point is we want to encourage them to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Parents get all excited about those first steps when they see that child toddle. Maybe it's from a chair to another chair. We always called it cruising, cruising, where they would just get a little bit of that time off of a chair and take a few steps. And those are memorable times when a young person takes their first steps. But as a parent, I know, and as working with parents for years, that it's not just the first steps that parents are, are concerned about. Uh, they want to be able to see their child walk. They want to know that walking leads to independence and responsibility and accomplishing things. And then they realize that there will be a day where they'll still be walking and they'll be walking on their own. And they will be, in a sense, walking the, the, 
the worthy life, if you would, the, the life that God wants them to walk. And I've seen parents that are in their 80s still concerned about the walk of their children in their 60s because we don't stop being concerned about how well someone is doing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And as a good disciple maker or a good disciple, our desire should be to continually care about the walk of those people that God has entrusted us with to nurture, to bond with, to encourage, to admonish, to teach, to bring them along so that they can have a beneficial and profitable walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we think of this time of Mother's Day and one of the the most impacting aspect of moms is the investment that they have in the lives of others and how that no matter who someone might have be at the stage of their life to see these big strapping football players say hi mom and the uh, the adoration they have of that individual that is invested in their lives to think about how that that is a privilege that all of us is given. We've all been given the opportunity not only to be a disciple, to make a disciple. That you have equipped us to nurture and equipped us to bond with others through the word in the, so that we can see them come to know your son, the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior and so that we could see them grow to be more like Jesus and to be able to have an impact and a walk that is bearing fruit for your honor and your glory. Father, as we consider this all-important role of investing in other people's lives, may you find us faithful as we lean on you for this process. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.